Hello and welcome back to the Woman to Woman podcast. I can confirm this is going to be the last episode in this series. I know, Uh, but I'm really excited to look forward to series two because there will be a series two after a short little break. Um, And I can't say enough how grateful I am for all of the women who have come on to be part of this first series and to share their stories, to share a part of themselves with us. I just feel forever grateful. So thank you ever so much for everyone included in this first series of the Woman to Woman podcast. In today's episode, we are talking all about confidence. Have you ever had a crisis of confidence, a confidence crisis that probably should be, in your life? Maybe there's a certain stage where you just felt completely insecure and weren't sure who you were or what you should be doing. In today's episode, I am joined by Lexi Carducci who when you first see her, she is the smiliest woman woman in the world. Um, I always call her a Barbie girl because she dresses in all these fabulous outfits, knee-high boots and pinks and headbands, and she's got long blonde hair, and she's just fabulous, darling. Um, And she is the fairy godmother of property as well. If you need anything to do with property, she's your gal. And I'm so pleased that me and Lexi have become friends over this past year. We met through a network I founded called Presenter Friends, and yeah, well, we, we became presenter friends <laughs> and we've grown in, in friendship since then and she's wonderful and I'm so pleased she entered my life. She helped me find my my current flat which I'm very happy with or I should say my petite bungalow because it's not a flat it's a little bungalow. Um, yeah anyway enough about me enough about me rambling here is the wonderful chat I had with Lexi. You're listening to the Woman to Woman podcast and this is Lexi's story. Yeah, yeah. I just got me into such a panic mode, and I was just like, "This is what the news does to you." <laughs> I'm trying to find uh, my questions for you, but anyway, we always begin this podcast by first talking about how we first met. So, Lexi, oh. Lexi Carducci, do you remember the first time we met? Um, do well, we? Yeah, like in person the <laughs> other day when I came round to your new house and waved from outside, socially distanced. Um, so that's how we first met there. How did we really first meet virtually? I guess it was through Presenter Friends. Yeah, right? you must. I think you emailed to join Presenter Friends. Yeah, and I that's where it came. Was I feel like I knew you before that, as in, like you know how you just kind of know people that are in the presenting world. Yeah, I, I knew you as well. I think we kind of interacted a bit on Instagram. Yeah, because I remember you going to. Um, see um oh it was I think it was the it was something at ITV maybe the the what's it called the Hullapalooza or something and you were you were ITV like Palooza well, yes, yes yes and you were interviewing people there and um sorry my boyfriend's just come home my dog's like let me out of here That's okay. <laughs> um and you were interviewing people there and I remember seeing it on your Instagram and I was like oh this is so cool Oh, that was a cool day. That was a cool day. Can I just say, as this series has gone on, I have gone from glamorous to I look like I'm actually like a witch (laughs) today. (laughs) Like a cape. Cozy is the word. I'm so tired. Oh my goodness. Well, Lexi, I brought you on the podcast today uh, to speak all about confidence. 
Now, if anyone knows you, they would think that you are full of energy, you are bubbly as, you are organized, you are uh, motivated, you're a presenter. So you've got to be all of those things. But you've struggled with your confidence in the past, haven't you? I have. I love that. We'll just go back to the organized bit and scratch that off the list. (laughs) I don't know if that's quite true, but everything else I will take for sure. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so it's funny, isn't it? Because nowadays, I think just with everybody, as you get older, you do just tend to get more, more confident and you stop really caring about what other people think of you. And that's a brilliant thing that comes with age. I love it. Uh, But yeah, growing up, when I was in primary school, particularly, yeah, I didn't really have that much confidence at all. And I got any part, any kind of bit of confidence from Mm. other people. So I I also think that in primary school, I mistook confidence for um, uh, people like class clowns or people that were attention seeking. And because they were the loudest person in the room, I mistook that for confidence. And so I thought, okay, I've got to be the loudest person in here or I've got to copy that person and follow what they're doing and cause trouble or whatever. And that's the complete wrong mindset when it comes to confidence because it's the biggest mistake to um, yeah, get confidence confused with attention seeking because they're very two very, very different things. Um, and confidence is really just is being who you are and unapologetically who you are. And maybe that is an attention seeker and that's absolutely fine as long as you're being true to yourself. Um, and I think that is the bottom line, isn't it, with confidence? It is about being being true to yourself. And so, yeah, growing up, I copied a lot of things that my friends did, what shoes they wore. I remember a friend of mine had size four feet and I probably had size six feet. And I was like, I want size four feet. And I remember buying size four shoes. and was like, yeah, these are totally fine. <laughs> and now I pose like this. <laughs> on your big toe. <laughs> Lexi, let's rewind a little bit um, before we dive into this further. Why do you think in your early years, you felt that way? Were, were there anything in your in terms of your family? Are you an only child? Why do you think that, where do you think that stemmed from? That is a really good question, Hope. And I think that's something that I've never actually explored, to be honest. That's um, why you're I here. Know. I mean, I yeah, that is why I'm here. I love it. <laughs> um, I am an only child, but in all honesty, I think that doesn't really have anything to do with it because as an only child I um yeah I feel like you you get all the attention that you could ever need in the world (laughs) you're the only one that people are giving it to and I I grew up with two cousins and um two boy cousins one was a year older than me one was a year younger than me and we would constantly bicker and and but have fun with it and so I could handle a joke it's not like you know I was really shy and timid because I would joke with my cousins all the time and um so yeah I don't really know I think it I think it came down to like a popularity thing. Like I was never this, I was never what we all think of as the popular one. Um, and I guess maybe everyone feels like that or thinks that about somebody else when they're growing up. And that is, was always what I wanted and never what I felt like I was, even though actually, you know, you look back and you think, oh, actually, well, I had a really lovely circle of friends and you didn't need that, but you don't realise that at the time. Yeah, when that's 29 year old Lexi talking. But in your head as a little one, why do you think you wanted to be popular? What did what came with being popular that you aspired to be like or to have? I guess just people liking you, I think, is the bottom line. That people and having that big friendship circle and just, you know, in primary school, not everyone's 
not everyone's going to like you, not everyone's going to get on. And I felt very much like that was exactly what it was, that the popular people, everyone wanted to talk to them. And, you know, to little things when you sat down at lunchtime and I'd still go and sit with my little circle of friends, but you had, you had like all these cliques and it was almost, you know, again, 29 year old Lexi talking, um, you think the grass is greener, don't you, when you were a kid, but actually it probably wasn't. They, who knows what those what the popular people, I keep putting popular in little inverted speech marks. Um, <laughs> um, who knows what they were thinking? Maybe they wanted to be somewhere else. Um, I want to go back to talk about siblings because I am the youngest of three although I say four because my brother-in-law has been around since I was five and he's shaped the person that I am for sure. Um, but because you were an only child, I know you were close to your cousins, but do you think in some ways it wasn't as though you were copying your peers to be like them, but you were looking for a sense of someone to have a role model? Does that make sense? Because my sister, she was an older sister, she influenced a lot of me and I tried to be like her. So maybe you were trying to seek a role model, but it just so happened that was your classmates but potentially again and having like that I feel like I've never had that in my life like a sisterly bond with a group of people or really had um like I've never had really like like a best friend I've always had a group of friends and but I quite like that and I don't know it, yeah and I think what you're saying makes complete sense because it's always I think I've always aspired to be something else than than what I am and even when it comes down to watching you know you watch things like sex in the city and you watch um all these programs where you've got these cliques of of girls and I've always thought oh I've never really had that and yet from the outside people probably look in and think Are you, yeah you're I would say you do. like you've got loads of friends and, and yeah it's funny isn't it <laughs> so you do, so do you feel think that even now you still struggle with your sense of self in that way um I wouldn't be completely honest I, I wouldn't say so I guess sometimes I think oh I wish you know I, I think of it like a dream world where I think oh I wish that I could just you know call up my six girl mates and we could all go to a bar and you know we're all living this you know like high lifestyle but that's not reality and actually it's funny because you've read my book Hope, yeah, I was about to say yeah my book is maybe uh, you know to anyone that's listening my book is about these four girls that run riot around London basically and I think that's why I wrote it because maybe that is in my head always what what I would love <laughs> when you were younger you had this low confidence did you how did it make you feel um I just it was just a feeling of never kind of being never being accepted or never being never been good enough and also not really being sure of myself like if someone came up to me when I was you know six to ten in primary school or even going on a little longer till I was about I'd say I, I pretty struggled with this until I was maybe 16 I met a really cool group of friends um and that completely changed me really um but yeah gr growing up I think if someone had said to me describe you as a person I would have really struggled with that because I don't I wouldn't know what defined me I didn't have a sense of style I didn't have a particular like hobby that I was interested in it's not like I did outside classes where I had something that I was really focusing on I would have really struggled to describe 
anything. I mean, if I take any kind of memory of when I was younger or anything that I really loved to do, it was the summer holidays and going to our beach hut down at the beach. And that is me as a person, really. If I ever described myself when I was younger, that is the picture that comes to me and that I would describe. I was smiling when you were saying about not having hobbies, not having a sense of style, because looking at you now, it's like, what? (laughs) It's the complete opposite. I know, it's funny, isn't it? It is funny. And when I talked there about a group of friends I met when I was about 16, and um, they, I just, I don't know why, but I just really, they helped me kind of be who I am today. And it was all little things. Like, I mean, I, you can tell here that I'm not a natural blonde, but that's, it was that group of friends that were like, oh, dye your hair blonde, do this. And through this group of friends, I found a fashion sense that I really liked. And I just learned to to be a bit more confident. And I just, all these people that were quite out there people, they were very like into drama and things like that. And it really rubbed off on me. Yeah. And it just completely changed me as a person. But that kind of Um, ran alongside when I changed schools and moving schools for me was a big shift in um, in kind of my personality Um, and I guess people would look back and be like oh that's you growing as a person but I think I made I didn't just grow as a person I made a conscious conscious effort to change myself as a person Let's pause there because I want to cover that. I, know, later I, was on. Like, I was leaving that too. I was like, I'm yeah. going to run off with this. Now. <laughs> <laughs> Going back to how it made you feel. Um, obviously, people don't like to be copied, especially when I you're know. kids. People don't yeah. like it. Um, so, did you ever have any criticism from either individuals who you were trying to be like or adults, for example, your parents or anyone or teachers? criticizing you for for behaving that way or did you did it go the other way where they were like Lexi why do you feel like this was there ever any support or was it just like no No one no adults really picked picked up on it and I think people maybe just looked at it as you know that's the thing that kids do it's trends isn't it at the end of the day you know you want that someone has that you want it as well but I did have a friend say to me once um I can't even remember what it was. I just basically used to copy her with everything. Um, hairstyles, shoe size, the make of shoes. Shoe like size, I, I love that. I don't know, <laughs> hilarious. That's how desperate I was. <laughs> I must have size four feet. <laughs> um, but any little thing, the type of skirt that that she would wear, because, you know, when you're at primary school, you can, as long as you wear a grey skirt, it doesn't really matter what style you had. And just you know the way she'd wear a polo shirt instead of a what like a, a normal shirt like I'm wearing at the minute um and just little like everything that she did I did and I do remember her saying to me on multiple occasions um look I think it's pretty like uncool that we we and she said we like stop copying each other but I think what she meant was me stop copying her because so she wasn't she harsh copied anything I did <laughs> Because you'd already copied her. There was nothing to copy. Exactly. I had nothing unique, nothing original. (laughs) But you do. And that's yourself. And you obviously realise that a little bit later. Um, Let's talk about school in terms of grades, because I know that something that that happened to you was that you didn't pass a certain exam and you didn't go to a certain school. And that was a really, really difficult time for you. So talk to us about that and why that was important it was such a big deal to me. And I, I've never really discussed it with my mum and dad. Like, I don't know if it was a big deal to them, but we're very much a family that 
now I say my biggest thing is, um, you know, if it's meant to be, it'll be. If something doesn't work out, it doesn't matter, it wasn't meant to be. So I'm very much like that as a person now. But then um, it was, to me, it was devastating. And it was the 11 plus exam. So you sit at the end of primary school and um, your grades determine whether you, like what school you'll go to next. So I was trying to get into the girls' grammar school in the area that I grew up in, in Torquay. Um, And I passed the exam, but that year that I did it, they take the top like 120, say, people. Oh. And I was not, yeah, and I was not in that one top 120. Um, and so, although I passed it, I didn't get good enough grades to actually go to the school. That sounds harsh, it didn't, doesn't it? It was blimmin' harsh. I'm like, why would you, like, what's the Look, point in that? Clearly I, changed the grade then, so yeah. I failed. Don't give me a pass, yeah. a pass. But <laughs> but you're still not coming here. I know. And it was this massive hoo-ha. And I remember my there was a boy in my school who was in the exact same situation. And so his parents and my parents almost like teamed up and sent us off to this little day where we went and kind of wrote down, um, you know, how we felt about the situation and how we felt the situation should have been handled. And at, at 11, 10, 11 years old, I had no idea. I, as far as I was aware, I just wasn't allowed to go to school and it was black and white and that's how it was and I wasn't going to that school so I saw this day as a complete waste of time and kind of got my back up about the situation that I can't what am I going to do as a 10 year old I can't change those rules and to me it was just a completely pointless exercise but um I again looking back now I'm like okay that was my chance to voice my opinion but I didn't do it because I didn't of course understand the situation um so yeah basically to give you a background every single other person in my family except for my grandma who didn't even grow up in the area so she, she doesn't count <laughs> um went to the grammar school everyone my that same grammar school so where you're from talk to us school. about where you're from is it a really small area yeah i'm so from talkie in devon and anyone will know uh, that around there will know talkie girls grammar school talkie boys grammar school and yeah all of my family went there and in the area there's not a lot of other choices I kind of have to be a little bit careful with what I say here there's the only other options were um community colleges which as a person I didn't feel I would fit into because they were massive schools um and I I was a bit more um I just needed a bit more like one-on-one well, how could you? How can you copy three hundred people at the same oh, time? I know there'd be far too many people to, to steal style from there. <laughs> You'd be wearing all sorts of different size shoes in that case. Yes. Bloody hell! I know, and it, and it just wasn't. It wasn't going to work for me. And I did go and look around one of these schools, and it, it just wasn't. It wasn't for me. You know, when you can walk in somewhere and you can just click with it, or you don't. Every and single so university only- I went to visit, that was the same situation. No way. No yeah, because I didn't really want to. I didn't really want to go to universities. When I went to look at them, I was like, "Nah, nah <laughs> I don't want to be here." So yeah, I'm not going. I completely understand that. And so um, the only other option for me was to go to a private school. Which I mean, people have different, obviously, different opinions. But for me, it actually turned out to probably be the best five years. And this is when I go back to everything happens for a reason because. Although at the time, my soul, I was so focused when I was at that school for those five years to get the grades, to go to the girls' grammar school to do my A-levels as a bit of a, like, you know, F you to everyone that said that I couldn't do this. 
I'm going to prove you wrong and I'm going to get to that school. And so that was my goal. I worked my ass off at that school for those five years to just get to the grammar school. And guess what? I made the grades to go to the grammar school and I got there and I hated it. (laughs) (laughs) And that's pretty much my life. I work so hard for things. I get them and then I go, well, I did it. That's great. I don't want to do this anymore. You enjoy the je- the chasing and the journey chasing, yeah. more than the actual thing. I know, my um, boyfriend's very lucky that I'm still I'm still with him for <laughs> ten years. That's got to be my biggest achievement. <laughs> um, I was going to ask you why grammar school, but it was clear there. You explained it that all of your family had gone there. It was a small area; everyone knew everyone. Um, and it's also really interesting to hear you talk about a primary school in such depth because, if I'm honest, I can't. It was it was closer to me. I'm 24. I was there closer than when you were there, but I can't remember it in this detail that you're saying at all. Or high school, I can't remember it. So that just goes to show how much it has shaped you and how much this did impact you. You weren't just a kid trying to copy people. You had a real identity crisis. That's exactly what it was, exactly what it was. And it's... um, it's funny because when I, you know, I, if I think back, I'm sure there were loads of amazing times that I had at primary school, like the school fates and, and things like that. And I just remember that, like, some of my friends were in the netball group, but I was never invited to go to the netball group. And I was like, why was I, like, it was all these little things that I just, I wanted to be a part of that I wasn't, maybe I just didn't feel like I belonged with, with a, a certain group of people. And so, to belong to that group I thought okay I have to become like these people to um to belong to it and so it still carried on though into my secondary school um I remember a new girl joined and she's so she's so so lovely but at the time I just I felt this kind of like jealousy that okay someone's now come in and and taken all the attention away and so I remember just copying things like that she did even the way she talked she had um a bit of an accent and I remember even having this accent (laughs) that I would put on and pronounce words like she did like she could never pronounce the word squirrel and everyone thought it was funny so then I pretended that I couldn't pronounce the word squirrel either (laughs) and I laugh about it now but that back then it was like to me I was like okay I've got like it was really tactical what I was doing when I look back at it calculated yeah 100% but it's very apparent that you had low self-esteem and I want to understand why yeah what happened I I would would understand why what happened to make you feel like that I don't know I I don't know there was I don't think there was ever one point I think it was a feeling left out of things I often felt left out of loads of things but not because uh, it never came down to anything like bullying because no one was ever nasty to me it was just that feeling of being left out of things and maybe it was because I wasn't confident enough to Mm. to try and get involved in them and so instead I would just probably become really annoying and and copy all these people um, to try and yeah be like them and it was copying personalities as well but it's funny nowadays because you know there's that saying isn't there that imitation is the highest form of flattery and that actually you know, if someone copies something that I do now, I'm flattered by it. I love it. I think it's, it's a, it's a positive thing, but it's, (laughs) but it's, it's copying and putting your own stamp on it is what I've learned to do. And what is important, you know, you can run with a good idea or, or a good fashion statement, but you, you still know how to put your own unique stamp on it. Two seconds. I'm just going to turn my head and check my potatoes in burning. Oh my gosh. Yeah. 
I love this. I forget that you can edit. I did a. Um... I'm not going to edit this. This is oh, fine, this okay. is all this is all going in. But I just, need, I just need to check on my potatoes. <laughs> I think they're okay. <laughs> yeah, they're good. They're good. They're good for now. I might need to check them again in a minute. Um, right, talk to us then, <sighs> Lexi. It's, it's itching me. I think in my, psych- in my psychoanalysis, in my psychoanalysis, I'm sure that it's because you're an only child. Really? Did you ever feel? Did you ever feel like in your household, it was like there were certain conversations your mum and dad would be having that you couldn't be part of? Or did you ever go to bed and wonder what they were talking about? Or did you ever play by yourself and feel like you wish you had someone else there? Yeah, I, I think with the conversation things, I feel like we, we, no, I never I never saw that, but maybe they were hidden, I don't know. <laughs> um, but I always used to play on my own, um, but I quite, I don't know, I was quite a, a like creative, imaginary child. So I could kind of get on playing on my own. It wasn't too big a deal but I remember being so gutted if I had friends around when they'd have to leave um oh. and just being like I still get that feeling now like when I leave a friend's house and I'm like that was just so good why can't I stay and in my head I just get this thing that I'm like oh I could have a sleepover right now <laughs> because I just <laughs> miss my friends so much and we had um friends that would come down in the summer and um and stay with not necessarily with us but with a family friend and we'd all go down to the beach and they were called Hannah and Laura and they're so so lovely and I remember every year when they would leave and I'd just feel so on my own and I'd be like they get to go off together as sisters because they were sisters and you know they're still in my head they were still enjoying everything that we'd just done and it was all the adventure was continuing for them whereas for me it stopped. So you were missing out you felt left out? Yeah I always felt I was missing out and being left out yeah. There you go. I've I've decided. <laughs> I, I know what's going on in your head now. You know, you know it more than I do. God knows what's going on. <laughs> Take us back to your story, then. So you were at, you done your, you worked your bum off when you were at this little school, yeah. um, that was not your first choice, but you went there, private school. Then you got into grammar school because you were like, "F you to everyone. I'm going to prove <laughs> you wrong. I'm going to do this." You got there, and then you said you hated it. I did. I honestly did. It Tell was, us about that. Do you remember the first day that you went in? I do. Yeah. So Tell us. the first day I went in, it was just, it was so nerve wracking because I'd come from a school where there were 20 people in my entire year. So you were kind of, you <laughs> oh have God. to be friends. I know you basically had to be friends with everyone because even people in the other year, like we'd all get on with them. If we did sports days, three years, like years, seven, eight, nine would come together and do sports together because there weren't enough, like literally weren't enough of us to get on a team. Um, so yeah, it was very much like you were just friends with everyone. You knew your teacher's first names. Everyone was really friendly. It was all, it was a really old, like old fashioned school. Um, and I, I just absolutely, I loved it. And, you know, you were on this first name basis with, with all your teachers, you knew everyone and it was, yeah, you'd sit down, you'd have a, had a cup of tea with them in, in your morning break time. It was lovely. Whereas I went to the grammar school and there were like 300 people in my year, in that one year. And it was, it blew my mind because I was just like, it was so weird to me to be in such a massive environment with so many people that I didn't know around. Um, yeah, and on that first day we were all put into our classes, but we were alphabetized by first name, 
which right. again is kind of odd. So um, my name is Alexandra, my full name. And I used to short my name to Ali, like A-double-L-Y. And that's always what I was known as up till I was 16. Um, and then in my class, there were like four or five other Allies, like Allison's and it was so confusing and our, our teacher would call out like Ali and everyone would be like yeah like five people and in my head I was like no I can't do this again I'm like again I'm getting lost in a crowd people like I'm not being noticed by people or not oh, feeling Chris, like this was a big turning point then because up to this point you wanted to be in the crowd you were striving yeah. to be have that sense of belonging and to be part of something and now that you're part of this Ali gang you didn't <laughs> want to know yeah so something, no, I mean, something switched in you I think it I think it must have done I think I was just like I think it was more getting I wasn't recognized as an individual and I was like getting I was already on this first day felt lost in the crowd of alleys that were out there they were all lovely people but I was like I can't be another alley I don't want to be the same as, as it was weird it was very weird so that evening I went home and um, I Googled what, what can you shorten Alexandra to? And it came up with all these names and I, I got it down to either Sandy or Lexi. And I was like, right, I'm gonna pick one of these. I'm going in tomorrow and that's my new name. Um, and I decided with Lexi and I was like, she sounds pretty cool. I'd be friends with Lexi, right, okay. So the next day I went in and literally was like, my name's Lexi, that's it now. I'm not Ali anymore, it's Lexi. I just completely changed my name and it took so long to get used to it. It was the weirdest thing. I'd walk down the, you know, like our local high street and someone would be like, Lexi, Lexi. And I'd be like, oh, right, yeah, that's me, okay. Or we'd be <laughs> sat in a class of the Allies and someone would go, Ali, and I'd be like, yep, nope, <laughs> nope. that's not me anymore. <laughs> <laughs> What's the name, the only thing you changed? Um, no, but I changed my style as well. So I just, I don't know what it was. I just wanted to stand out and be recognized in this crowd of so many people. So our rule at that school in sixth form was that you had to wear black and white. So I went in and gray the next day. <laughs> I'm like, well, there is black and white. It's a mixture of them both, right? <laughs> um, and so that to me was something that stood out. And I picked out this lovely like gray, I can picture it in my head now. It was a gray, um, little, like little gray, um, a-line skirt like pleated skirt at the mm -hmm. back and I wore a white shirt and I wore this it, okay, it was a black jumper but it had like gray crosses over the front of it and I was like well this is me here I am and I got told off that day for wearing a gray skirt because it wasn't black or white <laughs> so I'm saying I'm Lexi do you know yeah. who I am <laughs> it's like it's black and white <laughs> that's a huge transition then you went through from primary school although saying that Yes, you wanted to be part of something at primary school, but you were also trying to admire other people. So said, say there was a girl you were friends with at primary school who wore a bold outfit choice like that, you would then do it. I'd probably be wearing it, yeah. <laughs> it's really yeah. odd. And it's funny, isn't it? But did you ever feel like that as a kid? Did you, do you remember like copying styles? Or I remember getting a backpack as well. Or it was, um, we had this brand, I'm sure everyone had the brand called Animal. It was like a surf brand. Oh, it's had it, yeah and everybody had these backpacks and they were worn down like really low and I was like I've got to get an animal backpack like everyone else has got an animal backpack so I must have an animal backpack. Is there a difference between trends and self-esteem? Um, yeah I, I think so and it it's funny because trends are like there would be no fashion without copying and copying is is 
setting a trend you know one person one fashion designer this is just purely talking about fashion but one fashion designer will set a trend and millions of people will follow it and that is copying but what what isn't the same is that not everyone will wear that item in the exact same way or take that style in the exact same way. They will put their own stamp on it and, and wear it very differently. Like even if I gave someone the outfit that I was wearing right now or the outfit that you're wearing, they would probably take it completely differently and, and dress it up in their own way or accessorize it completely differently. And I, I, I think that's why I fell in love with fashion because it's really, it's a big part of who you are and expressing who you are and, and what you stand for we're so different because <laughs> <laughs> as I've grown older I don't really care what I wear <laughs> I just want to be comfortable like right now I'm wearing jeans because they're too big so they're nice and comfy on my belly I've got a top on that I got from lost property when I was working in a club and this cardigan <laughs> is just like looks like a sheep and it's got holes in it <laughs> but I'm comfy and that's me and I would feel more weird dressing up in high heels and like making an effort than I would. I feel more comfortable in my skin like this. Yeah, that's perfect though. But that's, it is about being comfortable. Like I would never, you know, like I help a lot of people go to and deal with interview situations and audition situations. And if they said, oh, do you think that I should wear this, this and this? And I'd say, wear what you're comfortable in, whatever that might be. Not your <laughs> You know, well, why not? Go for it. I mean, that would definitely make you stand out, right? <laughs> Talk to us about your fashion, because I would describe you as like a Barbie girl. Yeah, I mean, pink is, is me for sure. <laughs> but anything that's just bold and stand out. And again, I think it was this group of friends that I met, met when I was about 16. And uh, some of them worked in fashion stores. Like my very first job was in River Island on Torquay High Street. And um, I was just obsessed with, with fashion and thinking that I could get a discount off these clothes was so exciting. And I just went on a bit of a mad one. Like I was like, right, what's the brightest thing, the boldest thing? Like, I just loved how all these people were so passionate about all these designs that were coming through the door and all these new pieces. And I remember helping dress windows and things like that. And I was like, this is really fun. And I just loved how to see, you know, when you put something in the window, it is like a standout piece. It's a bestseller. It's a key piece. And they were always the pieces that I would buy because I'd be like, that's going to stand out. That that looks amazing. And then when I got into like my clubbing days, um, we'll say it was 18 onwards, of course. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, and again, I was always looking for the most standout outfit. And it was because of the crowds of people that I was that I was rolling in. Um, they always dressed to impress. And I, I felt like I was like, okay, well, I need to again, maybe I was copying that. Who knows? But in within that, I found my own style. And it wasn't like I need to be wearing what she's wearing. It was more, I need a standout piece. Um, but something that reflects my own style and yeah I just became a bit of a shopaholic I'm starting <laughs> to think I'm starting to think it wasn't confidence I'm starting to think that you just had this passion for fashion from a young age and that's what you were doing yeah maybe it was I mean I, I, but I wouldn't have said that when I was a kid because it wasn't what I was wearing wasn't necessarily fashionable but then saying that there were these trends that came in like yeah. the backpack I talked about and do you remember Gap the, I say remember Gap it's still around um but <laughs> we used to have these Gap hoodies and 
we'd always wear them myself my cousins that Hannah and Laura that I talked about that would come down to the beach every summer and spend the summer with us we all had these gap hoodies and we'd all have a different colored one and it was you know my color was the pink one of course <laughs> and I had so many gap hoodies I think I've probably still got them now and that was another thing that was just like this little little pocket of a trend um and that really did feel like being part of so when we all rocked up in these get all five of us in our gap hoodies <laughs> How do you see confidence now? Now, I think confidence is just being 100%, 100% unapologetically yourself. You know, you're not, you're not filtering yourself based on who you're around. You're not, um, you're not pretending to necessarily be someone else. So though, when I teach confidence nowadays, that is something that I start with as in fake it till you make it, you know, it takes, I think it's three weeks for something to become a habit. So if you wrote down right now, what is a confident person? Is it the way they look? Is it the way they stand? Um, is it the way they talk? Like sometimes people, if you talk too fast, you can appear not as confident as even someone that doesn't say anything. And I think um, it's all those looking at other people who you think that person's confident. I mean, if you look at people on the red carpet, it is the way they stand, the way they smile, the way you could write down all these things. And if you imitate those things, doing that for just three weeks can get into your head and it becomes this mindset um, that you can then adopt and, and move forward with and then go kind of go on to the next stage. And before you know it, it's, it's become a habit and you're just doing it anyway. All brilliant advice. What about you? <laughs> Myself. Um, well, I, I think it's this, it's the same thing. It's, um, it's just being myself and not, not, not reacting to to other people or I think maybe it's taking a step back before you do anything or before you say anything and and just thinking okay how do I actually feel about this without just agreeing with someone like it's like when you were saying to me earlier do you think it's because you're an only child or do you think it's this as a not confident person I can almost feel it at the back of my head here going just agreeing with you and going yeah yeah yeah, probably yeah it's probably that but actually I didn't agree with that and I said, no, like, no, I don't, I personally don't think it is because of that. And it's, that's not a wrong thing and you're not wrong and I'm not wrong and you're not right. And I'm not right. Like it's, um, it's, it's not, um, it's not black and white, is it? It's, and I think it's grey, like your first day. Like was... <laughs> I think that's another big thing as well, that um, confrontation when I was growing up, I just didn't want a confrontation with anyone. I didn't want to disagree with anyone, whether I, in my head I disagreed or not I just didn't want anything to do with that whereas now I understand that disagreeing with people doesn't mean that you have to have a full-on argument about it you're just sharing your opinion on something and you know you help other people understand your thoughts and in turn you can listen to someone else's thoughts and not have to jump down their throat and be like no you're wrong because I think differently um and I think that's a huge part of being confident as well and actually sometimes saying oh no I don't agree with that and here's why I don't don't agree with it but I'm not saying that I'm right and you're wrong this is just my opinion anything in life goes through dips highs in in terms of oh your love life is going well and then it dips or oh this is going well and then it dips I would say that happens with confidence as well yeah so if you have a confidence dip in Mm. your life what steps do you take to try and amend that? So one, I would do it. 
I think sometimes for me, confidence comes when I've got like too many things on. So I, and that could knock my confidence because I just start, I think it's, it's all about mindset at the end of the day. So I lose my mindset if there's too many things to think about. So my first thing is to be like, okay, let's just prioritize everything and get it all organized for a minute. Mm-hmm. And you know, if there's things that you don't want to do that's putting pressure on you, don't do them. Sometimes, I'm like my friends will refer to me as the biggest flake because I will be that person that pulls out of a night out because it's stressing me out and I don't actually want to do it. (laughs) Um, And I will pull out at the last minute, um, which is very bad, but it's the truth. At the end of the day, that is a common thing that I do. And so that's something that if I start to feel not very confident, I will just go through anything I've got to do and prioritize it and be like, okay, I don't actually need to do that. Let's just take some time for myself there and chill out instead. Um, Another thing that I do is put on something that makes me feel good. And it's like you were saying, everyone's different in the way that they dress. But if I, I often have a confidence blip, if I've bought something new and I put it on and I'm like, Hmm. well this isn't what I thought it was going to be um take it right off throw it away return it and put on something that you know is good so I always say to people have like five key outfits that you feel good in and when you do feel good in an outfit note it down write it down somewhere take a picture of it save it in your phone under my great outfits um and go back to it and it will it will save you time and stress and if you are going to like an important interview or an audition or or an event that you think "I, I want to be wearing something suitable or something that I feel confident in and it saves you time you can look through those pictures and be like oh yeah this old thing I need to do that yeah. I need to do that. I once went to a, a premiere, a movie premiere. I was on, I was in the film and um, oh, I, I, <laughs> I had never been to one before. So I hadn't planned ahead. And also I was waitressing this time. So I was working like Billio all the time and I left it till last minute. I was running around um, Westfields in Stratford 10 minutes before I had to leave the house. And I was trying to find an outfit. I grabbed this random summer dress from Urban Outfitters. I put it on. I felt good. I arrived at the film premiere. Everyone was wearing gowns and had their makeup professionally done. And I was like, oh dear. So I had done, I hadn't planned ahead and I didn't have my outfit noted. So I should have done that. Well, yeah. But then at the same time, if that is your style, like sometimes you can go to movie premieres and someone will be wearing something that's, that's not... uh, what's the word like doesn't conform with what everyone else is wearing um but that's your style rock it like go with it if that's what you rock out man if that's what you personally felt um, confident and comfortable in then why not go and smash it but you didn't at the end of the day end of the day yeah i did not feel good i (laughs) felt like an idiot if you were in a if you were in like a ball gown i would have because i would have felt like i fit in I felt like a sore thumb. Okay. That, that preparation, preparation. Yes, preparation. <laughs> Lexi, I'm going to check my potatoes again. Oh yeah, go for it. Give me one second. <laughs> I'm going to turn them off. <laughs> you can keep talking to the audience. Oh, love. Okay, well, Hope's off to, uh, yeah, grab, grab her potatoes. I love this. This is, this is what um, live is all about, really, isn't it? Just rolling with it. <laughs> See, it's good having presenters on here as guests because they can feel... Fill any space, fill any gaps. I feel like something else. Sorry, there was something else I was going to say about um about confidence, and I can't remember it was like how to prepare yourself if you aren't feeling confident. So it was kind of like I said, organization, 
um, just, you know, planning that time for yourself, getting rid of things that, you know, would stress you out, having those key outfits. Um, there was something else that I was going to say as well, and I can't remember what it was. It was, it was like the main important one, but I'm sure it will come to me at some point. I'll let you know. <laughs> I'll add it as a footnote at the end of the podcast description. Yeah, yeah, if you yeah, remember yeah. <laughs> Well, Lexi, thank you so much for coming on. Is there anything else you want to say in line with, with confidence? Um, I just think that, um, yeah, here we go. My top tips, here you go. So fake it till you make it is what, like we discussed, is one of my, it's just the key thing really. And that if you aren't feeling confident, think in your head, what would a confident person be doing? And, and, act confident do what I did when I was a kid and become someone else but obviously within within yourself um but yeah what you think is confident go out there and and do it you know the whole simple breathing technique of taking breath in rolling your shoulders back standing with your head high oh makes such a difference (laughs) (laughs) it makes such a difference to the way like you hold yourself in the way that you feel and I always think a key thing is to have like conversation starters have some questions up your sleeve just general you know chit chat questions that if you get stuck at an event or in an interview that you can just roll out and you know even just saying to someone oh you know it's coming up to the weekend what you've got planned for the weekend I mean not that any of us are doing much right now but in normal circumstances it's a great conversation starter because everyone's got something planned or even if it's just oh I'm thinking about taking my dog for a walk brilliant what dog have you got like it could just lead to these conversations that help you relax a little bit in in one of those um, situations so that's always like a key thing and just be yourself I think just have that um belief in yourself to just be yourself and if people it's shutting out everyone's opinions isn't it and I think again like we said right at the beginning of this podcast that happens as you get older you learn to not listen or not care to what other people think and it that is a talent in itself and again the more you practice that like ignoring comments on social media or not even looking at comments on social media the more you practice it the more you'll be able to to handle it and deal with it and at the end of the day not give a monkeys have you ever received any hateful comments on social media um i probably have but i'm so blasé honestly i feel like i hope sometimes you you want to go like you want me to be a deeper person i'm really not <laughs> my boyfriend says this to me as well he's like you like this, this is the right the intention of this podcast is for women to come on here and sob right and the, the, <laughs> the last three episodes I have failed to make my guest cry oh no I know it's not good enough really and you're not crying either bloody oh, sorry. hell sorry that would be against my confidence you see because I don't need to cry why do I need to cry about the situation I'm gonna come over there and poke you in the eye <laughs> <laughs> you're like you will <laughs> Well, Lexi, thank you so much. It's been a really interesting um, episode because, yes, we explored a story that happened to you, but also gave really good advice to someone who might be struggling with their confidence as well, which I think is really nice. So people yeah. can take take something away from this episode. Yeah, and if I can pass that on, you know, what I dealt with in myself. And I guess for me, you know, becoming Lexi Carducci is like my Sasha Fierce. So she is you know my, my full name is Alexandra Crispin it sounds like a completely different person and in my head it is like Lexi Carducci is now me but when I was in secondary school that was you know that was my little persona and she could be whoever I wanted her to be turns out she's who I am <laughs> a bit like me with my secret government name 
that only you know. I know, I know. Keep, keep it a secret. Oh, how did the how did the girl say it? Squirrel. She can say it. Girl. 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 <laughs> secret squirrel. <laughs> Isn't she just so great and like just a ball of positivity and advice and wisdom? Um, I hope that actually helped you if you're struggling with your confidence or you ever find yourself doubting yourself that you can take some advice from Lexi there. Um, Throughout that episode, we were both like just completely tired. So it was a struggle, but we got there in the end and it was so lovely to have uh, quite a deep conversation and get to know Lexi a little bit better. Um, It goes without saying, thank you, Lexi, for coming on and sharing your story. But I just want to take a moment to whiz through everyone else who joined me on this series. So a big, big thank you to Jaquetta who came on to speak about loss, losing her mother to ovarian cancer. Thank you so much to Robin Richford for speaking about her career journey so far. My favourite highlight of that episode was hearing about the brothel. Um, Thank you so much to Neha Ahmed, who now presents for BBC Radio uh, Asian Network, she come on this podcast I'm losing my trail of thought she came on the podcast to speak about the Asian community um, we titled it Don't Call Me Islamically Incompetent a really powerful um, episode there where we can learn about a different community and culture thank you so much to my friend Danny to come on to speak about her abortion and her choice to do that and how it was physically and mentally for her thank you to natalie gale for coming on and sharing her experiences of anxiety and how she copes with that in daily life thank you so much to sophie lord my cousin for coming on to speak about her parents divorce and what it's like to grow up in two separate homes thank you so much to agnes for coming on and speaking about what it's like to be an immigrant in this country and moving from romania to the uk and thank you to aqua who came on last week to speak about being a mother it's been amazing thank you every single one of you and that includes those of you who are listening at home thank you for making this happen leave reviews message me give me your feedback ready for the next series i don't know when i'll be back but i will be back i promise you that um get in touch via the email which is woman to woman podcast at gmail.com keep being amazing i will see you soon